Welcome to the Cinefessions Podcast Special Edition Volume 1. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Brandon Chowan, and joining me tonight is my other co-host, Mark Nadeau. Mark, it took over 100 regular episodes, but here we are at our very first ever bonus episode for the Cinefessions Podcast. Are you as excited as I am? I feel special for this special. Absolutely goddamn right. I'm pumped, so let's do this. Okay. But because this is the inaugural episode, or volume, as you'll see these labeled, just to keep them separate from the main episodes on iTunes, but because of that, let's give a quick explanation of what this actually is. So the Cinefessions Podcast Special Edition, or the Cinefessions Podcast SE, is in its simplest form a bonus show. As I'm sure you know, we we try to stick to arcs for the main episodes of the podcast, but every once in a while, we might feel like breaking out of that for a little bit and talking about something else. And that's what's special about these SE episodes. They can really be about anything. Today, we're reviewing a movie, but in volume two, maybe we'll want to review a graphic novel, a television series, or even a record. Hell, maybe we'll even decide not to review anything and just have a discussion or a debate or or try to set up an interview with someone we think you'd find interesting. I mean, really, the options for these are endless here, and that's exactly the way we want it. The special edition episodes episodes should be f- should be free to be different, and you guys can help with that. So if you have any topics you'd like to hear us talk about or any specific pieces of media you'd want us to review, let us know. And that includes screeners. So filmmakers, don't be shy. If you've got a a digital link to a movie you've made that you'd like to hear us, you know, review, give our honest opinion on, we'll definitely consider that. So just hit us up. Um, And you can find us on Twitter uh, at Cinefessions using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust or email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and via our voicemail at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I do think it's important to point out that one of the goals of the special edition episodes are to eventually make them our Patreon-supported bonus episodes that you'll be able to access through a small monthly donation via Patreon. And really quickly, the reason we eventually want to turn to Patreon for financial support is to help with all of the necessary necessary costs that exist when running any podcast in the way that we run Cinefessions, and to give us some more freedom to expand our reach and our coverage, which both could be possible with your help in the future. So because of that, we want to do our damnedest to make these episodes worth both your time and your donations. So we're really committed to making these episodes interesting and worthwhile. In the meantime, though, these episodes are not being placed behind a Patreon donation, so you can enjoy them for free in the same way that you listen to our main show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcast apps. And it's also streamable or downloadable right from the website over at cinefessions.com. All right, so now that we've explained why the Cinefessions Podcast Special Edition exists, let's talk about why we're here tonight, and that is to review the latest and probably the last film in the Saw franchise, and that is Jigsaw. I don't know about the last one. Yeah, I know. It's doing doing pretty well at the box office, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I smell smell sequels. (laughs) So, Mark, as I'm sure you'll fondly remember... 
It was mm-hmm. back in the summer of 2016 when we decided, hey, let's go nuts. Let's see if we can endure one of the more gory and gruesome film series in recent times, the Saw franchise. So we took seven weeks, survived all 52 death traps. And I think it's fair to say that two of the three of us were pleasantly surprised by the end of it. Uh, I think Ash was like the only outlier who didn't really enjoy many of the films, but you and I did, right? Yeah. You know what? Um, I was not a fan of the franchise by the time that I bought the last Blu-ray, but Mm -hmm. I had to get them all. Um, But Mm -hmm. by rewatching them uh, week after week, I found a new appreciation for them and a new love in Costas Mandalore. The fist of the uh, star. Mandalore be praised. Yes. Absolutely right. Mandalore. So when uh, when we were recording a couple weeks ago uh, at, for the main show, I was looking at IMDb and, and the Jigsaw advertisement popped up. And that's when it hit me like a ton of bricks. Our first bonus episode. So I wrote it down. And when we were done recording, I brought it up to you, Mark. And you were as all in as I could have hoped and as you always are. So here we are. I'm like, it can't be any worse than Easter Casket. And, uh, <laughs> exactly it's, it's not so yeah no. all right so if for some reason you're a new listener and you haven't heard our uh detailed thoughts on each and every saw film definitely do yourself a favor and give those a listen uh that was such a fun arc to record and mm-hmm. has over 12 and a half hours worth of content for you to seek your teeth into <laughs> so that's sick yes it really is <laughs> if you did listen to those though then you'll know that it's it's virtually impossible to talk about these films without spoilers. Yeah. So that said, we are going to review this film like we do every other film we review for the main episodes, that is to say, filled with spoilers. So if you've not seen Jigsaw, don't listen to this episode yet. Wait until you've been able to hit the theaters, then come on back and hit play to hear our discussion of the entire film. Most likely, we'll be talking about some of the other films too. So just keep that in mind. But we will be talking about the film from start to finish. You ready to do this shit, Mark? Let's do this. Hell yeah. Let's play this game. (laughs) Exactly. So Jigsaw saw a original U.S. theatrical release date of October 27th, 2017. It was directed by the Spearig brothers, Michael and Peter, written by Pete Goldfinger which I I think it's crazy that that's his real name. <laughs> and uh, Josh Stolberg, who actually is also the duo that co-wrote one of my favorite remakes of all time, Piranha 3D, because oh. it's fucking fun and I love it. Mm-hmm. So Jigsaw is rocking a, let's update this, a, I dropped a little bit since I wrote these notes, a 6.4 now out of 4,482 votes on IMDb. It is averaging a 2.73 out of five stars on Letterboxd after 819 votes. And that was as of uh, a couple of days ago, actually. I forgot to pull up Letterboxd to give you an updated number there, but whatever. It has a Metacritic score, a meta score, if you will, of 41, a 37% tomato meter, and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 62%. It had a $10 million budget. And an opening weekend gross of $16.6 million, which is honestly more than I expected. No kidding. Um, yeah, it did really well its opening weekend. Now, honestly, it's probably not going to do too much more than that because next week, of course, is Thor Ragnarok. Yep. I'll but, be there. Uh, but, you know, that's pretty damn good. You know, it almost doubled its budget in this first week. So it'll, it'll definitely 
more than double it, probably two and a half, three times it when it's all said and done. So that's probably why we haven't seen the last of, of these of this franchise. But yeah. and it clocks in at a whopping ninety one minutes. Which is a perfect runtime for this film. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just again, another another spoiler warning. Uh, there will be spoilers for this film. So keep that in mind. If you've not seen it, definitely watch the movie first because it's just one of those films that requires it, really. So you know, don't listen to us if you've not seen the film. Yeah. But if you have, and once you have, come on back and hit play and listen to our discussion. So first things first, I already know what your history is with this, obviously. And I know what your history mm-hmm. is with the Saw franchise. But let's talk about our theater-going experience a little bit. Because I know we've both seen this opening weekend. So did you have any notable experience at the theater? Was it busy? Was it annoying? Were there stupid people there? Or was it empty? What was your experience at the theater? It was pretty empty because I went at an 11.45 a.m. screening of the film. Um, Good call. Because I had things to do. I didn't want to wait till like the evening to do it. Right, right. So I saw like Friday morning, like early matinee. I think we might have been eight people in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know about you, but I had the option of seeing this in IMAX. Okay. But yeah. I couldn't see myself dropping 20 bucks on this movie. Oh yeah. Um, I think $12 was enough. Um, if I had a chance to watch on cheap Tuesday, I might've gone to mm-hmm. IMAX, uh, for this film, but I just didn't think it really warranted an IMAX screening. And after watching it, I think you're right. I don't think it would have. Yeah. I don't think but, so. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, basically the same boat as you. Uh, I went to see this at a 10 a.m. screening on Saturday morning, and there right. was actually more people than I expected, but still it was very, very uh, thin. Uh, maybe a dozen people in the crowd, maybe. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and I didn't have any annoyances or anything like that, which uh, you, you hear a lot nowadays, especially of people going opening weekend and just having you know negative experiences. So that's why I was curious if everything went well for you. But I think it's because we went in the morning that we were fine. Yeah, a, a guy was playing with his phone for a bit, but it was okay. far enough for me that I could actually block him out. But Good. I still, if I had like some whoppers to throw at him, I would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can't stand that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and so I'll also note that in all my 31 years, Jigsaw marks the first film I ever seen in a theater by myself. Really? Yes. Welcome to the Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? It wasn't strange at all. Like I thought it would be. So I'll definitely do, be doing more of that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I ended up going on a Saturday morning. So there wasn't a ton of people there. But so it might be a little different if I go like on a Friday evening. But the yeah. chances of me going on on a Friday evening are, are pretty slim anyway. So I'm not worried about that. But yeah, my uh, my first alone screening. I remember it was Outbreak with Cuba Gooden Jr. and Kevin Spacey. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's we won't awesome. talk about Kevin Spacey today. He's been in the uh, news enough already. Yes, so. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's not go there. That's funny because Outbreak was one I always wanted to see and my mom wouldn't let me go see it. So that's funny. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I know. I love it. I've seen it plenty of times since, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, I'll, I'll just make mention this again. So, you know, I am using the movie pass and- this is only the second time I've used it. So I'm definitely one of those people that MoviePass is making money off of, but that's fine. They have to make money somehow. And uh, yeah, so I was actually only my second time using this MoviePass, but man, it's just so easy. Like I pulled up to the theater because you have to be within a hundred yards of the theater to like, you know, confirm your check-in basically. So I pull up to the theater, check in, walk in, go right to the kiosk, pick the movie and the time that I selected on my phone, swipe the card. 
get my movie ticket printed, walk to the theater. Like I didn't have to talk to anybody except the ticket taking guy because that's just how it goes. So, I mean, it was awesome. Super simple. If you're holding out on it and you think that you go to the theater more than twice a month, definitely worthwhile. Definitely check it out. And sometimes, depending on when you go, some theaters are going to be 12 bucks a ticket. So it might even be worth it if you only go once a month. For me, I have to go twice to make it worth it because like this ticket I went was only five bucks. So I have to go again to break even if I go to that same time. But if I go into an evening show, I'll I'll be saving money if I go one more time this month. So definitely worth it. I'm excited to have it, even though I haven't used it as much as I hoped. Uh, hopefully I will more in the future, but definitely worthwhile. Check out MoviePass if you haven't. Worth Worth your time. Yeah, I hope we get a Canadian alternative to that mm-hmm. uh, because it sounds fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So first note, I, I got to say, when that Twisted Pictures logo came on the big screen, <laughs> I immediately had goosebumps. Like, I just, I love this series. And I was just excited as hell to be sitting in the theater again to see a Saw movie. The first time since the final chapter seven years ago. Uh, so... I, I was ready. I was ready and willing to go for it here. I had the exact same feeling. I got goosebumps yeah. when it started. Yeah, it, I loved you it. got the same thing. Yeah, I was, I was I like, know. hey, what old is new again? <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. So when this opening scene, now obviously we didn't take notes while we were watching no. the film, uh, you know, and so our discussion of it's going to be a little different than our normal flow. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, when the opening scene kicked off and we get this, we get this car chase with this big accident, like 30 seconds in. It didn't really, it felt like I was watching The Fast and the Sorriest. Ah, oh. yeah, oh. I did it. I did it. I want to log out. <laughs> oh, the special edition's off to a fantastic start, if you ask me. No, it's not. Oh, man. But anyway, it, it didn't, it felt like I was watching a big car chase film. It didn't feel like I was watching a Saw movie. Um, in the opening scene with this guy essentially like kicking off the game. Um, I did love though, that once he got to the top of the building or whatever the hell it was that he was, he was scaling, Mm -hmm. um, we had the red X signifying that, you know, he was already a part of something much bigger than this car chase and that, and that had me excited. Yeah. Well, (laughs) what, what I find funny, um, again, this is a very Canadian production because a lot of the, yeah, very, yeah. Uh, that come on screen, uh, especially with the uh, inspector that uh, the guy asked for. Like, it's all really mm-hmm. well-located actors or people that have seen in commercials. So, it just, <laughs> like the last two Saw films, it's it's got a very Toronto feel to it, even though it's not based. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that uh, opening sequence was quite interesting, especially with the yeah. uh, with the bullets, bullets of the hand. I enjoyed the, that first little gore mm-hmm. effect. Right. You know, uh, yeah, that was cool. But frankly, I thought this opening sequence was just a bit underwhelming. Okay. When you compare this to, say, the start of the final chapter, which has like one of the cooler openings uh, in the series, one of the cooler traps with like the two guys locked inside the box that's all windowed in the middle of the city. Oh, sure. This one just felt a little ho-hum and forgettable to me. Well, because it's it's a soft film, but it's not a soft film. You know, like people don't. Like mm-hmm. Jigsaw's been there for ten years, you but, know. So to, to have right. the film start with a two-person trap, um, I don't think it'd make a lot of sense. But I mean, really, wasn't the final chap the final chapter wasn't really a Jigsaw film either, right? Uh, you know what? You're I can't recall. Um, 
Because I think he dies a couple movies before that or, or maybe a movie before that or something. And the last one is just... Um, well, it, it, it's uh, it's the guy from Princess Bride and uh, Costa yeah. Mendler duking it out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. yeah. But interesting. But yeah, so that, that was kind of my take at the beginning. There. Okay. But, so that said, once we get past that opening title sequence and, and we, we see our, our group of five individuals in the first trap, yeah. that's right from there is when it really started to feel like a soft franchise film for me. I loved the imagery of the buckets covering these people's heads and it and it really gets gone right out of the gate and i you know i just thought it looked really fucking cool now when the trap starts so we've got mm-hmm. the five people with yeah. buckets with chains and mm-hmm. there's the chains slowly being wound up uh, and people are being forced towards a wall with with saw blades running and in my mind yeah. as this is happening i'm thinking what can I do to shed some blood without really hurting myself? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like as the scenes happen, I'm thinking angles where I can just use my pinky, maybe just use the tip of the pinky, sever that off. I'm trying to think least amount right. of pain and still win the game. Because in this mm-hmm. in this scene here, you get the five people and they jigsaw wants you to shed some blood. Um, and if right. you don't understand the rules, then pretty much you die. So, uh, yeah, I was trying to think to myself, what can I do that it won't hurt as much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because these games hurt a lot. Right, exactly. I, I, I like my fingers. I, I yeah. like all nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I, I think it's you know obvious. Just put your finger up there and let it go, you know? But... Instead, they like stick their arm in it or they fall into it, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like they could have done a better job of hurting themselves less and still fulfilling the requirements of the game. Now, that also said they're they're un- like, you know, they're disoriented, right? They're coming out oh, yeah. of a, a drugged yep. sleep. So mm-hmm. I understand them being kind of, you know, uh, a little, uh, they're not thinking with, uh, with both hemispheres of the brain. Um, right. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but yeah. uh, still a cool trap to start the movie. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it was a cool trap, and it, but it, to me, it wasn't, you know, it's definitely not going to stand up as one of your, like the top five or anything. You know, I thought it, it oh, wasn't the greatest thing oh, ever, no. but I thought it worked well enough. You know, yeah, it, well, totally. it did what it needed to. It got um, you in the mood. Yeah, exactly. It's an aperitif and, to the main course. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that word means, but I'm assuming it's like an appetizer, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I absolutely, I absolutely knew though that the fifth guy in that trap had to be part of the team putting this thing together because there would have been no other reason to like purposely not show that person's face. And of course, that that turns out to be true later on. But I, I called that. I guess I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it, it just felt like that was going to be something, just from our I'm history usually, with the with the show. I'm usually pretty dumb when I watch movies for the first time, mm-hmm. especially if I really want to like the movie. So yeah. that never even crossed my mind. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I am too. Like I never guessed the killers or anything shit like that. And I didn't hear either, frankly. But I just felt that moment. I was like, ah, he's got to have something to do with this for whatever reason. And I think it's just the way it was. How they, you know, purposely didn't show any face at all. Yeah. 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 I was curious about that, but I'm like, the guy just was too drugged up. He's you know a junkie, whatever. Um, but yeah. It, it never crossed my mind that uh, that person mm-hmm. might have been involved. Right. Well, that's good. That's good. So, uh, I have to confess, Mark. Yeah. I 
I fell in love during this film. Oh, and with who? her oh. name. Oh, yes. Yeah. Eleanor. Ah, yes. Sweet, sweet Eleanor Bonville. Yes. Ditto. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I loved Hannah, Emily, and Anderson as Elle. Uh, I thought she was just sexy as hell, especially with those glasses she's wearing at the start of the film. Yep. And then you see her more and she's all tatted up. Yep. I mean, give me a break. Uh, and then call punk rock. Yes, exactly. And then you find out she's like this super freaky chick who loves all this dark shit. And ju- damn, man, it just did it for me. I was like, ooh, oh, Eleanor. Yeah. Loved it. It's kind of interesting that, you know, she's a saw head, I guess, or a jigsaw right. head. Mm-hmm. And the victims come to her. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, like yeah. what a coincidence that she's into all these this saw stuff and, like, you know, she's able to actually but, work in a case. Yeah, exactly. But I think that. And obviously, she knows Jigsaw's dead, but I feel like she stays there specifically because of the fact that it is the hometown of Jigsaw. Because she gets a job offer in Cle- uh, Cleveland that she yeah. turns down. And I feel like it's because of the fact – and they mentioned that she sought out this department and everything. I feel like it's because of the, you know it's Jigsaw's hometown. And the fact that it's Cleveland. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love that line. Uh, as, a, as a Detroiter, I just love that line. I you chuckled from a, a guy who goes twice a year to Cleveland. That made me laugh. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. But aside from my my chauvinistic sexual sh- thoughts, uh, I really liked – I just really liked that character. And I thought she did a fantastic job with her. Um, she kept her, like, mysterious all the way until the very end. And that's so important in this because literally any of these people could have been what I thought would be – helping Jigsaw put this game together. Um, you know, and as fans of the series, we know that Jigsaw has almost always had a partner in crime. And since Hoffman, yeah. unfortunately, didn't show up, we knew yeah. someone else had to be the the bad guy. I was waiting for Costas Mendler to show I up in know. this film. And I was I so, wanted it so badly, out, So bummed Me out that too. he was in it. Because mm-hmm. his character doesn't die at the end, does he? I, man, Did his character I... die? I don't know. We've talked about so many films and we've watched so much yeah. shit between fucking just summer of 2016 and now I just – I honestly can't remember I, the end I, of the, I, the last one. I, I remember, remember the very either. end because it's – yeah, it's it's the the guy from the first movie whose name is escaping me but – Yeah, uh, Carrie uh, the guy from Princess Bride. Carrie Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, was, I was – for some reason, I thought he survived. Maybe he obviously didn't, but uh, yeah. I, was, I was kind of disappointed when he never – no cameo, no flashback, no nothing. You know what? I don't think he does because I feel like I remember him getting like decapitated or something severe happening to him right before the end of the last one. Oh, I can't remember. It's been yeah, too long. I know. We're horrible. But yeah, I, I can't remember either. But, you know, and I thought I recognized uh, Hannah Emily Anderson as I was watching the film. But I looked her up and I don't watch any of the stuff that she's in. Like, it looks like she's made a living doing like sci-fi TV series. Yeah. And I just haven't watched any of those, so I'm not sure why she looked familiar. But yeah, I got her IMD, I have her IMDb right now, and uh, nothing looks familiar whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of Canadians. Well, not, yeah, a, lot, a bit of Canadian stuff, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, she's a newly discovered uh, flower in a horror garden. So I'm happy that she's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, continuing with the acting, I thought. To, to me, this was one of the stronger films in terms of the cast uh, in the whole series. Okay. Like, the characters, they just felt more realistic in this one than they have maybe in the past. Um, and though I was a bit disappointed, like we mentioned already, that we didn't see the return of Costas Mandalore as Hoffman, 
I liked his what was essentially his replacement in Halloran, who was played by uh, Calum Keith Rennie. How do yeah. you say that? Um, I another great Canadian actor, but he's probably best known for Battlestar Galactica. Uh, oh, okay, and or the remake, and also he's in one of my favorite uh, Canadian uh, punk films called Hardcore Logo. Um, the guy is really cool in a lot of stuff he does, and uh, yeah, I was kind of pumped when I saw him because I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Because he can, he can really yeah. perform. Yeah, I just I think he was another one that I genuinely thought could have been the partner that I was seeking out the entire time, um, and I liked his partner too, um, played by Clay Bennett. Yes, or I think that's how you probably say it. Yeah, um, he I thought he was just a solid actor, even if his character didn't have a lot of range to show off. Yeah, um, I just thought what he did have, I thought he did well. Yeah, he he was a bit. He didn't have much to go with, you know. Um, right, because he's exactly. the AI and all that stuff. Uh, internal, yeah, yeah, AI. I um, IA, yeah. Is it IA? I said AI. Yeah. Internal affairs. It's it's the yeah. uh, it's the Spielberg movie with a little boy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I I I think his role c- kind of forces him as playing the straight guy. You know, with not mm-hmm. not exactly. love, not much to chew on. Um, and Rainey yep. got all of it with Detective Halloran. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, we need those characters, right? So, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Passmore as Logan, I thought was really good, too. Um, but I, I did find it a little strange that they, they basically use his, like, PTSD as the reason for him doing all this. Um, and at the end, he just, like, he goes from this awesome, lovable father character to an almost robotic killing machine that says, essentially, that he, he never got over the stuff, you know, he dealt with in the war. Yeah. My problem uh, with the character, or really with this film, I didn't catch Mm -hmm. the link that Detective Halloran went thinking, hey, maybe Logan is the jigsaw killer. To me, that was a total leap of faith that I think the directors wanted the audience to go with. And I didn't buy that logic whatsoever. I don't think Halloran thinks that Logan is the killer at all. I think he thinks that uh, Eleanor was the killer. And that's why he was following them is because Eleanor was with yeah, Logan. But then he, I don't know. Uh, but uh, why? Just because she's hot and she's got tattoos and stuff? Like, Well, no, because they find her apartment that has all the jigsaw shit. And when Halloran goes to the apartment, a dead body falls down with a, and then there were two note on it. Okay, fair, well, fair enough on that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just m- I mean, maybe, maybe I, yeah. I I blinked and I just the whole leap saying no, but them. I, I just like they're, they're the yeah. they're the more, like they're the morticians like they're the uh, they're the uh, medical examiners. Why would you even suspect mm-hmm. a medical examiner to do this? And I think that's where you that's where you, it would come in where I could agree with you. It's like why when he first was like, "So, where were you in that night?" It's like, "What? Why would you?" Yeah. But then, you know how I I I thought that, but then I justified it. You know how I justified no, it? How? Because if you look at the rest of the Saw series, Hoffman is a fucking detective working with the company or working for them. Yeah. And he it turns out to be the bad guy. And so it's like maybe you know, he's thinking that, yeah, it could be someone on the inside again. So that's how I was able to justify it. Yeah, I, I just thought head. that was kind of weird for me. You know, like, just because she shot him yeah. down, now he's going to think that she's the killer. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she hits he hits right. on her. She says no. And then yeah. it's like, fuck you. Yep. Um, 
I'm Detective Halloran, and now, wait, where were you that night? Oh, Dark Web, and I don't know. It's like, it just seemed a little weird for me that he went down that route mm-hmm. automatically. Like, one yeah. body comes in, and then, oh, you know what? You know a lot about this body. Did you kill him? What? I don't know. I, I'm wondering th- if honestly, maybe... That's the only thing I didn't like about the movie was this little yeah. segment of the film. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say something, but that was wrong. I was wondering if maybe he pulled their like search history and that's when he found out that she was, you know, searching all this jigsaw shit and part of that like dark web shit. But yeah. it, that doesn't, that still wouldn't make sense or that still doesn't like satisfy your. Like, yeah. Like your why argument. even start investigating exactly. her? Exactly. Know? So yeah. th- that's, that's my only uh, complaint about, uh, about this film mm-hmm. is, is that segment of the film. Right. Yeah. And then uh, talking about Logan a little bit more, he, Mm -hmm. so like, you know, I guess the argument could be there that, you know, he's always been this fucked up dude. He just puts on this mask to try and be a good father. And I guess that works. I guess that, you know, is how that, you know, medical condition would work. But it's just like the change was just so sudden and jarring at the end that it felt a little, I don't know, unrealistic maybe. Um, and that's probably not the right term either, but it just felt a little off. And even for me, someone who was, you know, buying into the movie. See. And so. I didn't feel I don't know. that just because it seems okay. like that for every Saw film, you know? Yeah. Like you didn't realize it's that's Hoffman true, and Hoffman then goes all barbaric. Um, you don't know. No, I love that. Uh, you don't know it's, uh, what's her name from the Saw 2, you know? And then mm-hmm. she goes, she goes crazy. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, t- to me, him actually going nuts at the end and like, yeah, it was me the whole time. I didn't have a problem with that because it kind of fits the mold of the series. Yeah, again, I that, that, but that's that's that. that's yeah. my opinion on that. So, no, absolutely, and, and I didn't have a problem with it when I was watching it. I was totally in with it, mm-hmm. but as I thought about it a little more, I was like, uh, I don't know if that worked as well as I thought it initially did. But yeah, yeah. So when John Kramer pulled off his hood off to reveal himself. Those aforementioned goosebumps just came rushing back. Um, I, I was I was shocked and excited as fucking hell to see Kramer make his return to the series. Me too. I'm like, what the fuck? He, like they did an autopsy right. on him in in Saw Four. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. how is he back for this movie? I I, I could not understand. I caught right. it later on yeah, exactly, but I'm like, what? I, yeah. It just it made no sense to me at the time that I was seeing it for the first time. Right. No, absolutely. Like, how how are you going to explain it? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was wondering the entire time. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so even it was so it was kind of like surreal to me just because since we did the Saw arc last year, I've actually had the chance to like sit uh, you know, not one on one, but like in a group setting and listen to Tobin Bell talk with Costas Mandalore. Yeah. And now that I know just how similar Tobin Bell the man is to John Kramer the character, not obviously in like psychotic way, but just in the way that he likes to like wax poetic. Mm -hmm. That's just what he does. That's how he talks. It was just even creepier to see him here and just that much more awesome to see him back in the series. Like I love that. And it's just, uh, it's so cool. He's such a cool person. This is Tobin Bell's defining role. Like he's always going to be known as John Kramer, you know? And good for this motherfucker. He's been able to do that for this long, playing one role. Like, that's pretty remarkable. Good for him. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. He's still getting paid. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, and then like the entire time, I just kept trying to remember how in the hell he actually died to see how they were going to retcon that death. But of course, they you know they cheat a bit by making that a non-factor because we're actually seeing him in the past and blah blah blah. You know, and it, it's it's cheap, but honestly, it works better than trying to say he didn't die. So it works. Yeah, because it's me. impossible to say he didn't die. It's it's impossible. Exactly. You know? Uh, but it is right. also pretty fucking cheap making it in the past because now, so yeah. this fits in right at the beginning, beginning before Kiriel was, mm-hmm. before uh, Classes Mandalore. Like, how many underlings did he have, and how did the others not know about Logan? Oh, you know, okay. So you may have just answered one of my my problems or one of my questions. Okay. So. so Let's come back to it. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. Don't let's talk let's it out. Right because Hannah it. makes a comment about, "Hey, this oh, okay. is the, you know the the uh, the the trap, the big ass trap with the motorbike." Yeah. She's saying yep. this is the first exactly. trap that, that was, was never free. used. Right. You know. Yep. And like, and then we see it in use, meaning it was used the first time, but it was never found because mm-hmm. these people were never found up until now. Right. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent Got that okay. all the way. Um. So what's your what's your dilemma? Okay. I so what I remember is that Mandalore was there from the beginning. Like he was there for the bear trap trap I thought that he had with uh uh Amanda. Is that not the case? Am I remembering that wrong? Like this is supposed to be before he meets uh Hoffman? That's the only way I can think is that this is his first Wait, no, no, because because I a hundred percent Hoffman is there for like the main trap of the first yes. movie. Yes, that that's and Amanda takes that place. It's retconned. I don't. I don't think originally that was what it was supposed to be. But since they made a lot of money, it made sequels, and then they found a way to put Hoffman at that scene. Um, no, absolutely yeah. right. Yes, yes. But basically, staying kayfab. If I can bring out the stupid sure. wrestling terms again, like if you're going with it though. But doesn't still, yeah. story-wise, doesn't Amanda's death, or um, um, rather Amanda's trap, take place after the start of the uh, bathroom trap? Yes, it would be. Yeah, and so if that's the case, then Hoffman would have been there for when they were making the bear trap, the, like, the trap for Amanda. And that's one of my biggest what? problems. Is in- Okay, go ahead. Yeah, in the film here, it's showing that it's Logan helping. Exactly. Because they're sketching on the book. Yeah. I, so, I don't know. That's why it made yeah. it, if there's a sequel, it'll explain. And maybe right. Hoffman will come back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, my, that's a blind spot. And that Exactly. And that was one of my concerns, or one of my problems was like, if you're going to do this, I'm fine. I'll go with it 100%. I've gone with all the other shit that you've done. Yeah. Like, have some interaction. Where's Hoffman? Where's Amanda during some of these things? I obviously didn't need Amanda uh, in that moment. But like, yeah. where's Hoffman? Like he's supposed to be there. Like that's a damn good question. Can't if you know. I feel like we've they, they kind of owe it to us. You know, we've spent our time watching these films, reviewing these films, talking about these movies. All you know, all, all soft franchise fans, not just you and I. I mean, obviously. Yeah. So like you know, pay that off. Let let us be. Let it, let the story be coherent enough that it makes sense with all the fucking incoherency of the entire franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah, there must be online somewhere a a grid or like a there timeline. Has to be. Yeah, uh, you know, because I, I'm curious about that aspect. Maybe that's something that they're gonna explore in Jigsaw too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yep, could be. I'm could hoping. Be. I'm hoping for more. After watching this, I'm hoping there's more. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That would be cool. I would see it. Absolutely. But so as we made our way through the Saw series last summer, I think we could both agree, you know, it was pretty easy to see the budget improve as it went on. And I think that most manifested itself through like the gore and the traps we'd see. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Because you're going to put the money in the traps because that's why we're there to watch these films. Exactly. Like the traps, they were just more elaborate. The gore was constantly improving, I'd argue, and getting like more and more gruesome. Like I could just think back to the Saw, the last chapter, Saw 3D, where like the car one where it's like literally rip, like ripping the guy's skin off. I mean, it's just fucking gross. So that said, Jigsaw actually has had the lowest budget of the series since Saw 4 at only $10 million. But- even with that fact, it still felt really tame compared to the rest of the series. Even even the first three, which had lower budgets. And that was a that was pretty disappointing to me because I wanted to be grossed out in the theater again, which, you know, we don't get too terribly often in in big mainstream horror films anymore. Yeah. Um like I can't really think thinking back, there wasn't really like a notable gory kill except maybe the last one which i thought was actually pretty fucking cool but had to be like completely cgi it reminded me of like uh uh like the the creature from stranger things like that flower looking creature or the or the the monster zombies from uh, resident evil 4 resident yes exactly yeah plant-based that was pretty fucking awesome Um, i like that one a lot yeah but i thought otherwise i thought the traps were pretty forgettable maybe because they're kind of restrained because these were the first traps you know Mm. Um, I have to admit, yeah, I, was, could be. I was holding my breath a bit when the guy got his leg trapped in those wires. I'm like, oh, okay. I can only imagine the pain he's feeling as they're getting tighter and tighter. Um, yeah. I, I thought the grain saddle trap was kind of lame. Wasn't a fan of that yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, take, take, going from the top, like, we have yeah. the circular saw trap with the people being pulled into it. Yes. Um, then, like, the shots the girl has to choose where they're getting, like, hanged. It, which is dumb on her part. Like she, she knew. I know. Just take. fucking take one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, that that bugged me because then the guy only had to stab her with one. You know. Yeah. But I don't. I I I kind of understood that but, because he was like freaking out and just did it. But that acid melt was kind of cool though. Once you hit the ground and the face was melting. Yeah, it was all right. It just felt like it was CGI blood popping out, and that kind of bugged me a little bit. <sighs> did it? But, I don't know. It looked yeah. it looked like appliances. I wasn't sure. I don't know what I, what I saw of it. It's super fast. Like it happened. It's a oh, super quick shot. Sure, sure. But yeah, so who knows? But we'll, we'll, we'll just, you know, be able to tell again once we see it on Blu-ray. Sure but um, So then Ryan gets his leg stuck because he breaks the rules and Anna and Mitch are placed in the silo where they're yeah. about to be buried by grain. Yeah. Um, and I thought that one was decent at the end um, with the saw blades and knives coming down on them. But the fact that like... No one really got hurt from. I mean, he got stabbed in the shoulder, but like the fact that no one died from that, I thought was just—it's going to say it would be silly to say it, but I thought it was unrealistic. Like the way they were coming yeah. in, like they should have hit somebody well, in the face. Like yeah, give me a break. Stabbed in the shoulder—that's pretty tame for a saw film. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after that, you have like the motorcycle kill, which was honestly just silly because like the only reason it mattered to Jigsaw was because Mitch sold the faulty motorcycle to his nephew, which yeah. Was just odd to bring in like his nephew into it. That was just strange to me. Well, it was just like he's he's killing people that affected his family. Yeah. But that said, that uh, trap was kind of lame. Yeah, and I thought it, really it was, was it was like the coolest looking trap, and it was awesome, you know. But they shy away from showing what could have been some awesome gore on screen. Instead, we really just see yeah. blood spatter no, splatter 
on the girl and then aftermath. So and then uh, you get like the shotgun trap, which I thought was pretty basic and again, reeked of CGI. Um, and then the last one was the medical laser trap. So I thought that one was great. But now I, I did like the shotgun trap just because of the way it shot her in the face and then her eyes kind of rolled back, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. And the fact that the keys were in the shotgun shell. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. But, I was confused uh, because like I, the way he was like holding the key, it was as if that like I almost got the impression that, okay, I, maybe I'm, and maybe I, maybe this is right. Okay. There were two keys in there, but it, I didn't have the impression that he was holding one that was going to help him. Yes. Uh, the two keys were in there because uh, Jigsaw said the salvation in, is in the shell. So both keys to unlock them were in the shotgun shell. But instead of okay. thinking about it, uh, she went for the gun. She got killed. And right. when the when the cartridge discharged, it destroyed both keys. So none oh, of it the destroyed key, the key? Both keys were broken when the shotgun shell oh, got... Oh, uh, see? Yep, yeah. didn't get that. Okay. So he's stuck there uh, like Saw 1. So it's like a pre, uh, like a prequel right. to, to Saw where, yeah, if they would have thought it out, of course... Are you going to? Probably not. But right. yeah, I liked it that both keys were in the shell itself. Yeah, that's interesting. So that makes it more understandable. I just wasn't getting it. I wasn't understanding the fact that the keys were broken. It didn't, yeah, I don't know. They're, just, they're, all, uh, they're all mangled up. There was that the green lock and the yellow lock. And yellow, the corresponding yeah, exactly. Keys, and they were all destroyed when the, when the shotgun blast uh, went off. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I guess, you know, I wouldn't place any of these traps in like a top 10 traps of the Saw franchise list. And no. that's a little bit disappointing because I, I would have loved to. Yeah. No. Um, while it was nice to revisit the world, because honestly, mm-hmm. waking up in a contraption like that scared the shit out of me. Like, yeah, it, because yeah, not that it's realistic, but it's not a monster, you know, like it, it's a person. Right. So. It is some scary shit. Like I would probably soil myself if I was one of these participate uh, one one of these participants. Um, that said, though, because I've seen all the movies, I might have a leg up. Hmm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So I feel like the kind of like the elephant in the room is the story itself. So we've talked about it a little bit, but the big question remains: Did you buy into it, or was it just too ridiculous for you? But before you answer, though, let's let's try to like recap it here real quick. Okay. Um, for mostly myself, just make sure we got it right. So <laughs> we start off in present day with the chase sequence. Mm-hmm. Then we start seeing the traps. Yeah. Or when we start seeing the traps, we're actually witnessing the very first trap that John set up, unbeknownst to us. Yeah. Then John feels bad that he almost killed Nelson in the first trap, so he saves him and then takes him under his belt to help set up more traps in the future. Mm-hmm. As the movie continues, the present-day cops are following a game that we aren't seeing that is being set up in the same way as John's original trap, only with three people instead of five because the fourth and fifth people are actually Halloran and Nelson. Yeah. Then, okay, then once we reach the end, it turns out, of course, that Nelson is playing Jigsaw in present day, setting up Halloran in order to murder him for revenge for killing his wife. And presumably, Nelson will get off scot-free because he has set up... Halloran to take the fall and Ella's alibi and that's it, right? Or am I missing something? I just realized something just now. Yeah. The reason okay. why we don't see uh, Logan at all in the other movies is because he was in Iraq or he was in the war, right? He goes to war 
He oh. gets captured. He gets tortured. Comes back. This is probably during the 10 years of the other Saw movies. Huh. Maybe? How, I, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I, I can't confirm or deny. Um, I don't remember how long they say he's been back from the war. <sighs> yeah, he, he doesn't say. It doesn't say. But I'm thinking just now that point, he's though. not in the other movies is because he's he's right. gone to war. And yeah. now, you know, he comes back broken. Or did, did he come back broken? Well, in the first, if like, in- we're using the theory that you're talking, then no, because... No, no, that can't be because he already has PTSD when he's talking with Jigsaw for the first time. When he's talking with okay, okay, so that, that John for the first time because he starts crying and everything, and he's like, "Oh, you, whatever he says." Because I'm also dumb. I'm thinking, you know, he got the scars in Iraq, but no, the scars are from the blades no, in the first. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let's throw that out of the water. Okay, so that's not it. <laughs> Interesting idea, but I, I think it, I think it can be proven wrong. Yeah, if we think about it more. Yeah, but I think that kind of answers our question. Like. Did you buy into the story or did you think it was too ridiculous? Um, I Well, the thing is, the Saw franchise has stretched yeah. the timeline so much, adding mm-hmm. people and reconning stuff, um, that I'm willing to accept it. But at the same time, I'm also kind of, what the fuck? Like, how can you add another helper that we've never heard of before? But <laughs> I'm sure they're going to find a way to make it plausible and because I'm a sucker, I will accept it. So yeah. while this new element to me, I was kind of poo-pooing because I'm like, I want me some Costas. Um, right. I actually, I didn't mind uh, Logan Nelson that much. Um, I thought the character was likable enough that, mm-hmm. you know, he's friendly to people, but then has a really dark side. And I kind of want to see more of it. Right. Yeah. And I think... I think that it just goes to show that we were buying it because we're trying to justify it. And if we weren't buying it, we wouldn't care to justify it. So I think that, you know, pretty much t- tells us that, yeah, we, we were in. We went for it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I had no problems with it. Yeah. And so really, if you think about it at the end here, you know, it, it turns out that this is really the most overcooked, long-winded way to commit murder ever conceived. Because that's really all that Nelson's goal is in this entire film right now, right? Is to kill Halloran. Or is there something else I'm missing? Uh, no, it's pretty much, it, in my opinion, it, it's a big thing just to kill Halloran. Because yeah. Halloran okay. let the guy go that yeah. killed his wife. Killed his wife. Right. And so, I mean, that's kind of weak to me. Because I feel like the other... Well, I, mean, I mean, well, yeah, I think that is kind of weak. Because even in the other films, like, um, I think, isn't it Mandalore... Uh, Hoffman that like brings in the person who killed his sister or something. And that's just like one of the kills. It's not the entire motive for the film. Yeah. But pretty much but, due to Holloran's dirty copness, he, it's mm-hmm. it's impacted a lot of innocent people. And now yeah, Logan is going to rectify that. Right. And then we already talked about like my biggest problem, but I think it's something that they could answer or might answer if there is a sequel. But um, anything else that struck you while you were watching that you want to talk about? Um. I don't think so. Like th- okay. this was tamer than most Saw films. Yeah, at least the 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 latter ones. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm ha- like I think enough time has passed that we can reintroduce audiences to this series. And uh, as long and as the next one isn't in, a- as long as the next one isn't in space, then I think we can have another little, little run of films I- coming. 
I would fucking love that. Don't be ridiculous. You would too. So don't even try to put on your bullshit. Uh, no, I'm, yeah, it would be awesome. <laughs> Zero gravity jigsaw uh, puzzles. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. But that's an interesting point is the fact that this movie is releasing seven years later. So it is, you know, going to find a new audience that hasn't seen the original movies. And so it's almost like you could say that this is a sequel to the original Saw and there would be almost no problem with that. Like they talk about that Jigsaw has been dead for 10 years, but okay, so what? He just died in between the movies. Like, I feel like you don't even have to watch any of the sequels to watch this one and pretty much understand what's going on. Oh, yeah. You 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 really don't? Minus maybe just the philosophy of Jigsaw and how, why he does it. Oh, yeah. But apart from Absolutely. that, you, yeah. you don't have to watch the first seven or eight to see this one. Yeah. Frankly, the whole fucking thing stands on its own. Like, would you even have to watch the first one to really understand it? Not to understand it, no, but to appreciate it, yes. But um, still. Yeah. I, 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 Yeah. No, I don't think you have to. But yeah. I, I do like a good backstory, so I Absolutely. would. Absolutely. Uh, but that's Definitely. just how I'm wired. Right. So, excellent. So, awesome discussion. So, let's talk about your final thoughts and your star rating for Jigsaw. Um, I think it's it was a fun reboot. Um, it could have gotten a little redder, but it didn't. And that's okay for now. Um, if it does make enough money to warrant a sequel, I'll buy it. I'll buy a ticket opening weekend. Um, the performances were good. Um, some of the actions were kind of dumb, but again, you're in a panic situation. You're not going to think clearly. Um, what would I, uh, survive? Um, well, not my pants, but, uh, there's a good <laughs> chance that I could with my high IQ, my high or IQ. Um, That's right. No, but I digress. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just talking. Um, seriously though, um, yeah, I'd probably die first, uh, first trap. But um, I, I enjoyed this. Uh, I, I wish I saw it in a, a packed house, but that's what I get for seeing a film at 11:45 on the Friday morning. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it. I hope there's more, and uh, I would give this out of four a two and uh, uh, two and a half. All right. Perfect. Yeah. So Jigsaw definitely feels like it's from the same film franchise as the rest of these movies. And the return of Tobin Bell as the titular character was unexpected and just fucking awesome to see. Um, I like the new characters and they really felt like they are from the same stock that brought us Hoffman, Matthews and Strom. And it was just fantastic to be able to visit this world again, especially in theaters. But, and you could probably sense this coming, but they dial down the gore, introduce some very forgettable traps, and do arguably too much retconning, 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 excuse me, of the series retconning. as we know it. Easy for me to say. Um, <laughs> if you'll remember back to our Saw 3D review, I think we pretty much agreed that the Saw franchise works best when watching it back to back to back like we were doing um, for that series review because it just yeah. helps everything make more sense. If we were watching this a week after Saw 3D... I think I di I'd dislike it quite a lot because it doesn't really fit itself into the world as well as it could or as well as it should, at least by itself. The whole film franchise is a big, uh, for lack of a better word, jigsaw puzzle. Oh. And <laughs> oh, you leave it alone, you. 
Oh, the fast and the sorriest. That's great. I thought of that seconds as I was sitting in the theater. I was like, oh, I'm using that. I'm so disgusted right now. <laughs> Nobody's going to pay for this. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, so – Oh, and the the first seven films they they do an admiral admiral uh, I can't talk an admirable job of folding in on themselves well enough that it all makes sense if you squint in your eyes a bit. But Jigsaw, it just felt like it ignored some of the retconning that the later sequels do, um, including ignoring some characters essential to the franchise and does its own thing. Honestly, this may work better as a true sequel to the original film and nothing else, but. I really don't think that was the intention, which just leaves me a bit underwhelmed at the end of the day. I know I love that we got to take a trip back to the world of John Kramer, but Jigsaw is ultimately a bit of a disappointment when you break it down. And I feel like it'll be one that gets looked back on even more negatively when people start, you know, owning this on home video and can watch it immediately after the first seven films. Now, with all of that said, I left the theater happy. I had a good time. And it wasn't until I started like to sit down and write down my thoughts to, and really started thinking about all of like, you know, the, the different plot points and everything like that, that the flaws really started to show themselves. Um, and now that I know, see them, I can't really shake them. Um, you know, I recognize them that they're there. So even though I can easily point out why it's not the perfect end of the franchise, it's still a movie worth seeing if you like the rest of the movies. And I had a good time with it. I thought it was fun. So I'm giving Jigsaw, just like you, Mark, two and a half out of four stars. Hmm. Very nice. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, if they continue the series, which, you know, with the box office that it did, they very well could. So we shall see. Yeah. Cool beans. We'll be here to talk about it if they do. Yes. So that is going to be that for tonight. We want to uh, keep these special edition episodes as focused as possible. So we're sticking to, you know, one or two main topics and then going to sign off for the evening. Um, if for some reason this is the first time you're listening to us here at Cinefessions, you should definitely check out our main episodes of the Cinefessions podcast because they contain not only a main fin- uh, film review every episode, but we also spend a good time uh, talking about what we've done in recent days in the world of media. And we have the Best in the Backlog Challenge every show where we challenge the other person to watch a previously unseen film in their collection and then give a shorter spoiler-free review of it the next week. So definitely check out the main show if you've missed out so far. And just another reminder, you can find uh, Cinefessions on all the major social media platforms, including Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you can uh, and you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1, that's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. And I'm also on Letterboxd with that same username, Simon1. So Mark, let our listeners know where else they can find you online. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, Mark underscore Nadu. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. I'm also on Instagram at mnado 2 And I'm, I think I'm on Letterboxd at mnado 2 as well. I honestly I know. don't know. I'm not. We never look. We talk about it every uh, week and we always forget to look. One day I'm going to look. <laughs> but I'm on Instagram exactly. too. If you look at Simon's, then you could find, uh, you, could, you can find me. I'm probably one of his best friends on it or something. I don't know. At the BFF. I don't want to brag. But, you know, oh, man. It's no, no big deal, but it's kind of there, you know. Exactly. Whatever. But yeah. true story. Yeah. True, true story kind of lies, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, yes. Also, uh, we just want to point out that as of now, there is no set schedule for these special edition episodes. We're just going to record and release them as inspiration hits. But, you know, once we do start our eventual Patreon page, then they'll exist on a much more regular schedule to make your donations to the show worthwhile if you choose to support us in that way. Um, I guess I will give a bit of a spoiler. I think our next special edition episode is going to be 
on another uh, thing that we talked about previously on the podcast. It is its you know sequel or second season. It will be on Stranger Things season two or Stranger Things two as it's being marketed as. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, maybe a month from now. I'm not sure. We're trying to you know iron out the details, but just give mm-hmm. a spoiler there. That's probably what we'll be talking about next. Yes. And finally, we just want to ask that if you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, please do us the biggest favor possible by leaving us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are essential to helping us grow and can really help take us to the next level. Um, If you're not using iTunes, feel free to leave us a review on whichever platform it is that you do use so that people can help, uh, can easily, uh, can find us more easily. So, and uh, speaking of others, if you are having fun with our show, please share us with your friends on social media. Word of mouth is arguably the most important way to get people to try out our show. So anyone you can tell about us would be much appreciated. Well, Mark. Yes. I think this went well and I had a great time. I think so too. So I love, uh, it's such a different experience when you're going to the theater to watch a film and then come back and talk to it, you know, in, in this format, just because yeah. we're so used to like taking notes throughout. So and watching it a few times and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a bit different. Right. Yeah. That is my brain. I, know. I, I feel like, exactly. I feel like I got home and I was just like vomiting words. Like, I don't know why. It just like, there was just so much to talk about. I feel like for this one. So it worked oh, out really I, well. But. When I got home, I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I, I drank, a, I had a large a Coke Zero with a Thor cup and a Thor go. topper. And I'm like, you I love those to toppers. Really bad. Oh, me too. Love those. I'm going to collect all four of them. Because <laughs> I'm a sucker for merch. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I want to thank everyone for listening to the Cinefessions Podcast Special Edition, Volume 1. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>